Well, good morning, guys, and uh, welcome to a new initiative called Business Breakthrough. Hey, uh, hey, this is fun seeing you guys in uh, in the chat. Uh, do me a favor. Let me know where you're from, right? When you're watching in, just do me a favor. Put like the town, the area, the region in the chat because I want to see where we start pulling from as we do this. All right. Make sure you let me know where you're from. I, uh, I fully expect that, uh, that we will expand our territory and our reach over time, and that's going to be super good too. All right, we've got Perth on the call. How good is that? And very diligent, by the way, with the 5 a.m. start in Perth. Fully appreciate you guys dialing in. Mandra, okay, well, that's, uh, yeah, God's Alarm, 5 o'clock. Very, very good. Adelaide, we've got Perth. Uh, we've got more from Perth. We've got Sydney. Keep them coming, guys. It's awesome. Gainda, awesome. Kind of like kind of country Queensland represents. Sunnybank, <clears throat> cool, 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 cool. In the Yarra Valley, I've heard that's also a little bit of God's country down that way. Uh, Logan, where else would you want to be? Exactly, Alex. All right, so what am I doing here? Um, literally, uh, literally just hearing the word of the Lord. Uh, you know, it's been a very interesting year, <laughs> as uh, as you know, and um, obviously I've been I've been deep into uh, helping our clients and and even broader than that, right? I've probably spent more time on the phone this year than any other year of my life, uh, like a lot of time on the phone just helping people, and uh, and so that's been great. <clears throat> but you know, I also get to spot the the you know the trends and the patterns in amongst these calls. And I just really felt in my spirit the Lord say, I just want you to bring some unity to, you know, to the kingdom entrepreneurs again. Nigeria, mate, that makes me happy. So, you know, just, just this concept of unity, you know, as we've been kind of in lockdown and, and, and in many respects um, to different degrees in different states, just, I guess I just felt like we had been maybe alone uh, or maybe just individual or something. Um, and so, you know, I just felt the Lord say, let's bring us together. We can't be, we can't all meet in a room yet at a big scale, but we can meet online and maybe this ends up transitioning into a national tour or something that's physical when we can do that. But just for now, for the sake of now, I just felt the Lord prompt me to bring unity, but actually to do this a little bit different. You know, obviously a bunch of our teaching that we put out is Facebook ads and hiring and systems. I just felt the Lord say, I want you to do something different. And I want you to bring a lot more of that mindset slash paradigm breaking slash character refining kind of teaching. And so we are going to be exploring a whole bunch of Bible here during this business breakthrough series, however long it lasts. And I, you know, for me, I just know that if you know, if we don't grow personally, then we can never expect our businesses to grow, right? If we want to be a kingdom entrepreneur, then we need a more king inside of us than we've probably got right now. And so that's really the purpose. That is the purpose. All right, so actually we are, um, Colac, love Colac. Um, 
we are streaming right now live to my personal Facebook page, the Business Greenhouse Facebook page, LinkedIn, right, which is a new thing. That's amazing. Uh, and we're also streaming to uh, Insta. Hey, Insta. Thanks for joining me. Love you guys for being there. It's probably not the best sound for you guys on Insta because we can't actually hardwire you. Mm, can't help that. I don't own the company. But that's how it's different right? It's Bible, it's preaching. And as you know, if you've been around my world, I ain't no preacher. Uh, never did Bible school, never did any of that. Not bothered about whether you think I'm a good preacher or not, uh, because I just want to use words to bring liberation and freedom. Not bothered about if I am eloquent enough to hit your standard. All right, three character traits that are essential for a kingdom entrepreneur. Each of these sessions that we meet every single time, every single week like this, they're going to have a different topic, but they're going to penetrate hearts. Three character traits essential for a kingdom entrepreneur. And by the way, there's more than three, but these are the three that are really important to me right now, given my conversations that I've had with the 200 people that we help. Number one, the number one character trait that we need more of, that is essential for a kingdom entrepreneur is the character trait of boldness. Boldness. All right? We're talking here about just standing up for something, speaking out against something, believing for something big. We're talking here about changing culture through boldness. You know the word boldness in the concordance, its literal meaning is freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, meaning that you have freedom to speak the truth with conviction and power as you go through your life. We're not talking here about playing small and being timid. We're talking here about acting with a huge amount of faith and speaking that out regardless of who you find yourself talking to. You know, I think, I think it's too late, right, for backseat Christianity. I think it's too late for a watered down gospel. I think it's too late to hive ourselves off and have little conversations with each other and you know and take our level of faith down to what is acceptable in society. I think right now more than ever having been through the rona, I think now more than ever we need a spirit of boldness to rise up where we just call it like it is, we speak the truth regardless of who it's going to offend. Right? And we know, because what we do know is we know it's the truth that pierces hearts when you talk to people. Right, And so that's the name of the game here. We need character of boldness where we actually stand up for what we believe. You know, one of the things that's crazy for me is I, I talk to people all the time and they're like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Or I couldn't possibly say that. Or I don't want to step out and say this thing in case this person gets offended. I'm like, hang on a minute. You have already believed in a virgin birth. You're a whack job. Why would you worry about offending one little person and it may not happen anyway, right? Perspective, hashtag perspective. At the end of the day, you've already gone way worse in your mind than, than, than whether you might say something that somebody gets their little, little knickers in a knot about, right? So, uh, so let's, just keep it, let's just keep it all in check. All right. I've got a couple of examples of boldness, and I could have picked about 4.6 million from Scripture, but there's a couple that I really, really like. So let's dig into the first bit, right? 
you know a guy called Daniel. We're going to look at Daniel 6.10. Now, here's a guy that just had a spirit of boldness on him where he was just sure about what he stood for and who he stood for, and he was just okay with whatever that meant. All right, watch this. Daniel 6.10. So just to give you the precursor, right, there are a whole bunch of scribes, satraps, governors all over the kingdom who just decided they didn't like Daniel, okay? Yeah, it's okay for people not to like you because of your faith. It's fairly normal, right? Woe to you if all men speak well of you, Bible says. So there's a plot against Daniel, and they basically go to the king, and they make a decree that says you can't bow down to any other god, right? So here's Daniel rolls in, Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so Daniel was fully aware that the king has made a decree that says you can bow down to no other god except me. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. Makes sense. And in his upper room, with the windows open, Towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as was his custom since the early days. Daniel knows that there's a decree that says you need to not honor God. And he goes, no worries. I'm just going to shoot home, go to my upper room. I'm going to open my windows and I'm going to start worshiping and praying to God. See, see, just think about that for a second. See, See, that's boldness right there. He's like, no, 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 no. I understand you are a worldly kingdom and you've got your own rules, but I operate to a higher standard. Sorry, Darius, right? I'm, I'm not bothered by what you have to say. And, uh, and it's all good for you to have your rules, but not for me. Uh, I'm doing what I've always done because it has always worked. And I just love it, right? Because I'm like, man, put that through the lenses of church 2020, right? Government says, sorry, you have to shut all of your doors because of the spread of Rona. And everyone says, okay, minus a handful of people that had some boldness. Jeez, I would have lost some there. I <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, some of you watch the numbers go down because I'm going to talk about some points that you may not like, but that's okay. I've got, I've got two friends and I live with one of them and that's enough for me. Um, so, so, so you can imagine, you can imagine you can imagine what Daniel might have done, right? You know, you go back to the start of Daniel's life. What do they say to Daniel? Dan Daniel said that you've got to bow down to the, you know, the Babylonian gods and, and you've got to eat the raw food. And Daniel says, actually, can I not do that? How about you feed me, you know, my own food and check that I'm 10 times better? And he ends up being 10 times better by not eating the raw food. I can imagine Daniel in 2020 when the government said, come and shut down your church, he would have said, Actually, uh, that's not how I operate. How about this? Daniel would have convened a meeting with his local mayor of his town and he would have said, hey, mayor, I know we're supposed to shut down our churches, but how about this? How about you bring everybody with COVID to my church for the next 10 days? And if I don't heal them or if they're not healed, I'll shut my church. And if they are, I can keep it open. And they would have bought it. And Daniel would have said, come out in Jesus' name. And the COVID would have fleed. And everyone would have said, actually, we do have a vaccine. And his name is Jesus. So you thought you were going to jump on here and watch me say something nice and sweet and pretty? Well, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. See, Daniel had that boldness that says, ah-ha-ha, uh -huh, that's not it. Now, with Darius, so he gets caught for praying to God, 
because uh, they set him up, right? They catch him, right, uh, praying to God. So they take him back to Darius. Darius says, of course, it's a decree. But, but actually, the king actually has a bit of a heart for Daniel. So anyway, as the story goes on, um, he gets thrown in the lion's den, as you know, and da- Daniel just says, it's fine, man. It's fine, because the king's half apologizing. I'm sorry, I've got to do this. I like you, but it's a decree. He's like, no worries, dude. And then in the morning, the king goes running out, you know, Daniel, where are you? Daniel's like, I'm fine. And then Daniel makes this wonderful line, and he speaks with boldness. He says, it's okay. I was found innocent in the eyes of my God. So he sent his angels, and he shut the lion's mouth. And basically, what Daniel's saying is, I'm, I'm guilty according to you, but that doesn't matter to me. I'm innocent before God, and that's why he sent the angels. See, that's the spirit of boldness that we need in 2020. That's not just, that's not just available for Daniel, right? In 6 BC, that's available to us today. All right, what about Peter? We'll take these out as we go. What about Peter? Let's come forward to a little bit more, a little bit more modern times and look at some boldness. <clears throat> By the way, if you like what I'm saying, just put an emoji for me in the chat. I don't, I don't care what it is. It could be a poo emoji if you don't like it. Just give me an emoji. That'll just make me happy, all right? Make me happy if you do that. All right, now watch this. We're going to go to Peter in Acts 4. And uh, the heading is Peter and John arrested. So you know this one too. Now, how's this? I'll, I'll read a little bit and then we'll pick it up. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached, in, preached of Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. So they uh, are being arrested for their boldness, right? And, uh, and so... However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000, so the kingdom is advancing. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, scribes, as well as the high priest and a whole bunch of other dudes, as many as were a family of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them in their midst, when they brought them together, and they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? Right? Backstory, there's a guy that has been lame until his adult life and he's just been healed. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained, they marveled. Catch that. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing by them, they could say nothing against it. Ha! understanding that when you have evidence, right, when there is an outworking of the Holy Spirit, people can throw mud, but it can't stick. Anyway, it cuts down to a little bit further, and it says, so they, um, we need to stop them spreading this among other people. So they severely threatened them that from now on, they were to speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak, nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, so here we are. Here's this spirit of boldness rising up again. They've, they've been thrown in jail. They spoke up. They got brought back together. They were severely threatened. And then he starts again. Whether it's right in sight of God to listen to you more than God, you can judge that. 
we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, right, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them. And then they go back to all their buddies and they have a worship session based on what just took place. I wonder how we're going today in our boldness. We just tend to want to shrink back, play small, not ruffle any feathers, get upset, and it's not working. All right. So by the way, if you're listening right now and and I've spoken to you and you say, you know what, I want a spirit of boldness to raise inside of me, then we're going to pray right now. If that's you and you want an increased measure of boldness, wherever you find yourself, just lift your hands before heaven and let's pray. Father God, by the way, we ain't finished. I've got more to go. Father God, I just pray right now for an infilling of boldness. Father God, I pray a spirit of boldness fall on every single person that's got their hand up right now. In fact, even as I'm saying these words, I feel I pray that it's a physical feeling where this thing is just rising up in everybody and they're about to burst. And I pray today, Lord, there'll be opportunities for people to outwork this boldness. You'll bring somebody across their path. There'll be a divine appointment. They'll be prompted to call somebody and they're going to talk about you in some way. Father God, I pray boldness becomes a character trait that we put on every single day as we go about this thing called life. Father, arrest us and never let us play small as we speak out for you and your kingdom. All right, character trait number two that is essential for being a kingdom entrepreneur is what I call spiritual stubbornness. Spiritual stubbornness. You know, everyone says stubbornness is a problem. For the men out there who are married, uh, it's not usually a term of endearment when we hear that phrase. However, I think that it can be an asset for you to be spiritually stubborn. What I'm talking about here is having your eyes fixed on the prize, right? Eyes on the prize. Letting nothing, letting nothing stop you and rob you from exploring everything God has for you, right? Stubborn, stubborn. I'm not moving. I'm doing it. I'm chasing it. I want it all. I want maximum impact. I'm stubborn, irrespective of circumstance. You know, um, I've heard some teaching around and even some conversations in my Christian circles where people say, oh, I've been trying to do this thing, but there's resistance and I don't think God's on it. And I think if there's resistance, there's a high chance God's really on it. Like, like, have you not read your Bible? This is a story of nothing but struggle and effort and, you know, and pushback and pain and suffering as people achieved great things for the kingdom of God. Listen, when something is hard, people say, well, there's no, you know, you've got to hop in the rhythm of grace. And when you do that, you work from a place of active rest. I think that that's true. But a lot of that has been put through the filter of it's supposed to be an easy ride. Listen, he said, I'm sending you a comforter. Why would he say I'm sending you a comforter if the ride was going to be comfortable? He knew that the ride was never going to be comfortable, awkward, hard, horrible, want to quit, everything's uphill, and that's why he said you a comforter. Come on now, right? We've got to stop playing the small game and taking the easy road, right? You need to keep your eyes on the prize, and then no matter what comes up, you're so enamored with the end game of all that the Lord has for you and called for you that you do not let circumstance stop you. It may slow you down. It might be a spanner in the works. It might be hard, but it can't stop you. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, 
for the joy set before me, I endure the cross. He, he knew exactly what the cross meant. And so because of the big picture, because he had his eyes on the prize, because he knew the liberty and freedom that was going to come to all mankind from then on, he knew that he could, he could, he could bear the cross. You know, when I, when I look at the, the life of Paul, you know, he had his eyes on the prize. He was persecuting believers. He, he was radically persecuting. And then he has his moment on the road to Damascus where God puts him in spiritual timeout for three days and he's blind. Then he goes away for 14 years to learn who God is. And then he comes back and he writes all these things. But what does God say? God says that you are called, Paul, to bring the gospel to Jew, Gentile, and king. And he knew at the start of that I guess, missionary journey life, that he had to take the gospel all the way to Caesar into Rome because it was going to bring that, that stronghold down. And if you know that that's the story, because that was prophesied over him by the two ladies, and if you, know, if you watch the story unfold, he knew that he had to get the gospel to Rome. And so his whole life, you, know, you want to talk about a guy that had a hard life, you know, shipwrecked, flogged, persecuted, falsely thrown in prison. And what do you, what do you hear when he's thrown in prison? Singing. Right, like you look at his whole life, and you can see that it was eyes on the prize. He was put in front of King Agrippa, right, and he refused. He refused to say, you know, I'm a Roman citizen. So because they couldn't touch him, and then of course Agrippa doesn't know how to handle him, so he throws him off to, you know, whatever uh, Felix. And Felix is like, I've got no idea how to handle this guy, so I'll throw him onto Caesar. All the way through his journey, he knew that he had to get the gospel to the Roman Empire. And when it got there, it completely absolved that stronghold. He knew, right, he had his eyes on the prize. What about this one? This is one of my favorite stories, right? What about David as David takes out Goliath? All right, so we're looking at 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. And you know the story. <clears throat> so the Israelites want to go to war with the Philistines. And, uh, well, they don't want to go to war, but they're kind of forced to. And so the Philistines keep sending out this guy called Goliath, who's just a massive unit, right? And, uh, and he comes out and he's taunting the army and everybody is scared, all right? So then enter the son of Jesse, right, who is the least, in forgotten about, right, in, in, you know, in life. And so uh, Jesse says to his son David, take now for your brother's all of this food, right? Go and do a sandwich run, right? This is basically the first time we see Uber Eats, all right? But probably on a donkey and not in a Suzuki Swift, right? Run to your brothers at the camp, carry these 10 cheeses for the captains, uh, see how your brothers are faring and bring back news. Now Saul, who was the king, uh, what overseer, and, and all the men of Israel were in the valley. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper and took the things that went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath. Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who keeps coming up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel. Listen, and it shall be that the man who kills, the, kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give the father's house exemption from taxes. So Daniel, right, overhears 
what is gonna come from the person that kills Goliath, right? He's gonna get a pretty girl, he's gonna get loads of money, and his father doesn't have to pay taxes for as long as he lives. That's a pretty good deal, all right? Now watch this. Then David spoke to the men who stood before him saying, so he's already heard it, he's like, what shall be done for the man who kills this? He's like, he's like, he's like I'm checking, like, eyes I, <clears throat> on the prize. Like, I, I just want to check, actually, that what I heard was correct. Um, is it true that, uh, that the person that takes out Goliath actually gets a pretty girl, loads of riches, and, uh, and, and the father doesn't have to pay tax? Um, and it shall be... And so... <clears throat> I've lost where I am. Uh, then David spoke to the man, what should be done for the man who kills a Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So back to boldness is rising up that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, so, so, so just think about that. Like, like, like David now knows exactly what he wants to do. He's got his eyes on the prize, right? He's got his eyes on the prize. I am going to go and kill this uncircumcised Philistine, right? Now, watch this. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger rose against David, and he said, Why did you come down here, and with whom have you left those few little sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and your insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see a battle. So, so here's the thing, and this is, there's a couple of points here that I want to make, right? As you decide to be spiritually stubborn, as you decide to not let circumstance stop you, a couple of points according to this story. The first of all, it's okay to prosper doing the work of the Lord. It is okay to prosper when you do the work of the Lord, like, I don't know what this crazy, crazy teaching is that has crept into the world. It's like, no, if you do the will of the Lord, you're supposed to be broke, miserable, unhappy, right? You know, it's like, really? Really? Because that's not what I'm getting from my Bible here today. It's like, it's like, there was a lot of wealth and riches that come to him for taking out Goliath, right? That's the first point, right? So when your pastor gets a pay rise, do not be upset. It's okay for a pastor to earn some money. It's okay for people to prosper when they do the work of the Lord, all right? Let's stop pulling people down when the Lord has a blessing for them. Second point is not related, but as you chase down spiritual stubbornness, it's very likely that it will be your family that pull you down. It will be your family. It'll be the people closest to you that are most likely to want to rob you of the joy, rob you of the circumstance, and stop you chasing down everything God has for you. You have to do it anyway. When your family pull you down, very rarely is it because they're being malicious. Sometimes it is. Very rarely, it's just that they're scared. What does it mean? You're going to change. What does this mean for our relationship? I can't control it. I'm not sure. And so the outworking of that is to pull you down and name call like, Iliab did, right? Don't worry about it. Listen, you live for an audience of one and your family is not that one, all right? So don't worry about it when they pull you down. Just love them from a distance for a while, achieve the outcome, then they'll see that you didn't change and didn't become evil. In fact, you probably become better because the journey of the believer is to become more like God over time. As you do that, they'll realize actually this was a really good thing, but show them right? Show them, do not let the people that are closest to you pull you down and stop you chasing down everything God has for you. Spiritual stubbornness. All right, all right, all right, all right. See, I thought, 
I thought right now I'd have a lot more of those love hearts flying up the screen. I just thought that. I just thought I was talking to people who, you know, uh, just loved God and had some kindness and thoughts for me. But no, no worries, no worries. I'll, uh, I'll just keep looking and, and seeing if I, uh, if I see any. All right. Listen, here's how this is going to go. I'm normally going to try and keep these a little bit shorter than this because I've only done two and I'm going to do three. But actually, I'm not interested in just talking about uh, God this morning. I am also very, very interested in having a move of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that I'm going to be doing on each of these is I'm going to be praying for you. All right, I'm praying for deliverance, for healing, to be set free, for liberty. Why? Because it's not me that can do it. I'm just a willing participant. Some people say, Wes should get back in his box and just teach business. But you people are fueling me on to want to explore everything God has for me. Point number three, the third character trait that you need if you want to do something great for God is decisiveness. 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 What has happened in the world today where we're always unsure? Should I do this? Should I do that? I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure whether I should go left. I'm not sure whether I should go right. And what it has produced inside of us is a whole bunch of people that go round and round and round and round and round and chase their tail and never advance. We need, a, we need a, a spirit of decisiveness to fall on top of us right now where we are always, always, always moving forward. You can slow me down, right? You can pull on my shirt. You can do your best to stop me, but I'm going to keep moving forward even if it's slowly because I'm part of a kingdom that, that the prophecy was that the government will always expand and I want to be part of that. And so what that means is I'm always moving forward. Make a decision. Make a decision. You can fix a decision. You cannot fix indecision, right? And in fact, indecision is a decision. It is a decision to play small. We need decisiveness to rise up in all of us. Where we face with something, we listen to the Holy Spirit, we get a word from the Lord, we move, right? Stop doing this, stop doing that, stop thinking about it for three weeks, stop going to prayer meetings, stop, 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 stop. Move is what's needed to happen in your life right now, right? No longer, no longer. If you're faced with a decision, you want to get yourself to that quiet place, go to your place of refuge, whatever that is, up in the bush, out at the beach, in your whatever, walk-in wardrobe, whatever, wherever it is, that place that you can push the noise of the world away. And you want to say, Lord, I need an answer from you right now. And when you get the word, move. You do not overthink it. You do not run around it. You do not do what ifs. You move. That's what we need. Imagine how much we could achieve if we just decided to move, if we just decided to choose one and go. It reminds me of James 1.6. James 1.6. And it says this, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You've heard that many, many times. No doubting. Doubt driven by fear will rob you. It'll rob you of momentum. It'll rob you of joy. It'll rob you of chasing down everything has, that God has for you. Be decisive and move. If you're faced with a decision and you pick one and you go and you got it wrong, then choose the other one. Oh, but that's going to cost me some money. So what? God can make all grace abound towards you. Do not find reasons to put God in a box. Pick one and move. What about this? Joshua 1-2. I love this with Joshua, right? So you know who he is. He's taking on from Uncle Mo. 
And this is what God says to Joshua in 1-2. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I'm giving you. Right? So literally, God's like, right, that's it, we're moving. Moses is dead. Joshua, you're the man. Let's go. So Joshua, hearing the word of the Lord that we're going to go over to Jordan right now, and then God does that really long monologue, right? I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. So cutting back immediately after God finishes prepping him, right, emotionally, it goes like this in 110. Then Joshua commands the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, there's about a million people, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you will cross over in the Jordan and go and possess the land. He hears the word of the Lord, right? You're going to go to the Jordan and I want you to go and do it right now. Within three days, he says, we'll be in the Jordan and he's got to rally as many as two million people to be able to go and do that. Three days, bang, we're doing it, let's go, right? It's the kind of thing that we need if we're going to advance this kingdom and be part of history, right? And start to penetrate culture. What about this one? Luke 9, 1 goes like this. Then, <clears throat> then he called his 12 disciples, right? So Jesus. When Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staff nor bag nor bread nor money. Do not have two tunics. Whatever house you enter, stay there and, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, dust your feet off, right? Um, give them a low five and move on. So that's the instruction from God. Next line. So they departed and went through the towns, healing the sick everywhere they went. See, what's happened? These days we, we, we think we hear a word from the Lord and we commit it to four months' worth of prayer. No, no. Go into all the towns. So they departed. Joshua, you're going to go into the Jordan. Right, three days we'll be there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know... I don't know what makes us think that we have to like go and deliberate for 14 years about what we should do. I, I talk to people about achieving their assignment and they'll be like, oh, I've been chewing on this. I, I, taught, I taught some of you guys about assignment and doing good deeds six years ago. And you're still like, nah, I'm just not sure. People, like, like, like people come up to me and they go, listen, I'm just torn. I'm just not sure. You know, I'm just not sure whether the Lord wants me to buy backpacks for the homeless or give some money to a local candidate who's a Christian running for, for mayor. Pick one. Pick one. They're both good deeds. Like, it's not like my God is going to look down from heaven and go, you beastly child. I wanted you to do backpacks, but you, you funded somebody's campaign so they could bring a kingdom voice to the city. He's not like, pick one. And by the way, when you do it and you pick it and you get it wrong, it won't feel great because it'll be like, ah, there wasn't really a juice on that. I got it wrong. Next time I'll go that way, right? Decisiveness, right? We just got to choose. We just got to choose what we're doing and go and get amongst it. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to say it again, that, you know, the three character traits that we need as believers is we need boldness to raise up inside of us so that we can start to speak it out as it is. We need <clears throat> this stubbornness that says, no matter what comes at me, I'm chasing down everything God's got for me. And then we need this decisiveness to say, let's stop looking to the left and looking to the right and let's keep our eyes on the prize and just make decisions. You can fix something, but you can't fix nothing. All right, so here's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to end in prayer, but I want you, if you're sitting there right now and you need a healing, I don't care whether it's mental health, physical health, for your family. I don't, I listen, I don't, 
It's not about me and it's not really about you. It's about having a moment with the Holy Ghost. I believe 100% with conviction that my God can heal you wherever you are with whatever you've got, with however much information you do and don't tell me because he knows all things. And please understand, I ain't claiming this healing. (laughs) I'm just going to stand here and speak out a few words. God will get the glory for the healing. I just want to be obedient to what I feel like the Lord is saying. So do me a favor. If you want healing right now, please put something in the chat for me. I'm going to see them on my screens. It doesn't matter whether you're on the LinkedIn or whether you're on the Facebook or whether you're on the other Facebook, wherever you find yourself. If you would like me to pray for you, then put something in the comments and I'm going to pray right now that my God will meet that need. (laughs) All right. Let's see what comes through here. I've got to tell you, I've enjoyed this uh, this morning. I have certainly enjoyed hanging out with you at this time of the day. I understand that you may have to leave, and that's fine. All right. Ryan, shoulders. Well, Father God, we just lift up Ryan to you right now, and we believe that you are the God of healing. You know, we can go and get a whole bunch of diagnosis from worldly people, and they're doing their best. But Father God, we don't want to listen to those people. We want to listen to the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is, by my stripes, you are healed. Father God, I speak to those shoulders right now. And I say, be free in Jesus' name. Be pain-free in Jesus' name. Father God, I ask that your healing grace race through his body right now and repair repair what the doctors are unsure that they can do. Father God, we call on Dr. Jesus to be the surgeon for these shoulders so that they become free and loose. And Father God, where there might be sleep that's getting missed because of these shoulders, Father God, I pray deep sleep as these shoulders start to repair. I pray a repairing deep sleep over these shoulders as he sleeps. Father God, we lift that up to you because we know you are more than capable. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. All right. <clears throat> Father God, we have, a, we have a request here for healing from the flu. Father God, you've seen this many, 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 many times. Father God, I am no doctor. I don't even know if that's a virus or a bacteria. I've got no idea and don't even need to know. Father God, we lift my cup to you right now as he has this flu. Father, invade that body. That spirit of infirmity that is inside of Mike right now, I say, come out in the name of Jesus. You have no power and no authority to be inside the body of a radical, chandelier-swinging Pentecostal believer. Come out right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, Father God, we've got Scott. By the way, I'm not going to get through all of these, but I might take them into the week ahead of me and just, they'll all be in the chat forever. So I'm going to hold them up in front of the week, but I'm going to pray for a few more people. Father God, I pray for Scott right now and he wants a physical healing for energy. Father God, I pray that the things that are robbing him of his energy just fall away right now. Father God, I ask for a purpose a real, a real, a real um, clarity of purpose to bring back that joy, right, that he's chasing down. But Father God, where there might be something in his bloods that are stopping him from having energy, I speak to those bloods right now and I say, line up with the kingdom of God. 
No more can those bloods be deficient if that's what it is. Father God, I speak to his entire body and his mind. If it is burnout, if it's the pituitary gland, Father God, I say be healed in the name of Jesus. It is only by the name of Jesus that I can make this claim. Thank you, Lord, for being a healing God. Father, I just pray for Ernest's mum right now. I can't, I don't know anything about it, but, but Lord, we just lift her up to you, right? We know Ernest, he's a man of God and he's a good guy with a beautiful heart. And so we extend that to his mum right now and we say, God, whatever need there is in Ernest's mum, please just put your loving arms around her, put that, that cloak of grace on her and let's say that whatever, whatever need she has, Father God, we pray that you meet her in this place. Father, we lift up Trev to you right now and his back. Lord Jesus, we know, we know that the weight of this world, the weight of this world and the things of this world can be heavy at times. And so we speak to that back and we say, line up in the name of Jesus. We say bones, we say sinew, we say muscles, we say line up with the kingdom of God. Trev, right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Let's get a couple more. Nothing on the LinkedIn. I did see somebody who wanted a financial breakthrough and that one jumped out to me. So I'm going to pray for that right now. Lord Jesus, I pray whoever that was that put that in the chat, I pray for that financial breakthrough right now. I pray for the heavens to break open like a window where there'll be blessing that comes out of there that we will never be able to handle. Father God, first of all, I pray for peace over that situation of financial breakthrough. Okay, I pray for peace over that situation so that it does not rob them from seeing what you've got for them. I pray that cloud, that heaviness that comes with not having enough provision be lifted in the name of Jesus. And I pray for clarity to be able to see the blessing that you bring. Father God, I pray. I pray that there will be divine ways where finance and opportunities and work come to that person's life. And I pray that they have the the eyes to see it, and the willpower to do it. Father God, we know that your provision of financial breakthrough usually comes dressed up as overalls and it looks like hard work. Father God, I pray that that opportunity comes for this fellow right now so that he can see that you have his back. Amen. All right, one more. Louisa, because that's the first one I looked at, healing for undiagnosed pain in my left arm. All right, what I want you to do, Louisa, for me is take your right arm and put it on your left arm. And we're going to symbolize that you have the power of God inside of you to heal you. And so we're symbolizing, you know, the Lord outstretching his arm to heal you, but you are doing it on God's behalf. Father God, we lift up that left arm right now to you and we say, pain, come out. In Jesus' name. Whatever is causing that pain, we say fix in Jesus' name. We speak life into Louisa's arm right now. Godly life, Zoair, to race through her body and fix and heal because you're the only one that can do this. And so we know, Lord Jesus, that it is in your name that we have all power and all authority to be able to command this body to heal. And that's the authority that we exercise here today. Well, guys, uh, if I prayed for you, I want the feedback loop. 
you know, it'll be really edifying to me and to everybody else if you let me know that you're healed. Remember, I'm just a crazy businessman. My God is all-knowing, all-sufficient, and a healer. Well, guys, that's it. Do me a favor. What's the one thing that jumped out to you in this morning? What's the one big thing that jumped out to you? Do me a favor and put it in the comments. 